Hey Zookeepers, it's Martin. Uh, this episode we have the honor of having our pal Grant Mooney on from the great podcast Thought Cops. Uh, they were able to join us for discussing this good old-fashioned giant robot movie. Uh, we're all fans of Thought Cops here, so if you haven't given them a listen, we recommend you do. Uh, they talk about all the garbage the internet puts in your face, but they make it entertaining. Uh, if you're like a Podzuki, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And uh, if you ever want to get in touch with us or if you have anything you want us to say on an episode, we'll read literally anything. So uh, go ahead and tweet at us, at Podzuki on Twitter, or uh, email us at uh, podzukipodcast at gmail.com. All right, hey, let's get to it. To Ghidra, what is Ghidra's? Ten to one, he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy as curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Oh my gosh, well, hey, hey there, welcome to... <laughs> oh goodness, Jake's, uh, such a wholesome intro. Welcome to Podzuki, the only podcast where we talk about fucking... Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, and one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys, Brandon Kirkman. I'm another one of your co-hosts, Luke Evans Flip. Hey, it's me, your third co-host, Martin Felschman, and oh my god, I'm so excited for our special guest. Everyone, fucking give it up for Grant Mooney. Woo! Am I the only one giving it up for myself? No, I was clapping for you. And and the audience at home. I appreciate that. (laughs) I'm gonna be honest with you, I was actually kind of clapping for myself so that's typical that's, listen a little more self-love is important anyway we are so happy to have you here grant i appreciate you having me on again i must have yeah, done return, something right this first time. a returning champion which is always fantastic yeah it's uh we had you in person last time almost right before the pandemic started and now we're having you digital as we're a year plus through the pandemic and i mean i'm i'm having such a good time i'm hoping another year at least so <laughs> it's, it's not i i like recording from home as much as i miss you guys i like being able to like not have to shower before this or like even I though i always i always time. want to take a shower before this but i'm all i do that thing where like oh, i should take a shower like uh, then i gotta get up yeah i just can't get myself good. to start doing shit it's weird no, I mean, that's, right i'm recording yeah, this hard. laying down right now i'm just on the ground Ooh, i love that yeah. face up or face down both Ooh. Whoa! I'm on one of those like massage bed tables. I cut a little hole in my floor so I can see the people that live underneath me. Oh, yeah, the yeah. borrowers. Oh, you you meant like real people in the <laughs> lower apartment, yeah. not people who live under your bed, yeah. right? Or yeah. if you're like me, thinking everyone who is beneath me, which is oh, I was thinking the <laughs> exactly. I was thinking the fraggles, <laughs> the oh, fraggles man. too. Yeah, when when are we supposed to get like a dark and gritty fraggles reboot? Yeah, didn't uh, didn't Ben Folds do a theme song for the Fraggles reboot, and then it just never got rebooted? Let's take a look real quick here. You you go talk to him yourself. We do a little Google. I I remember he he did like a a cover of the Fraggles theme. Uh, God, it yeah. was it was like in it was in unison with one of his albums, or like for the twenty year anniversary or something. But I don't remember if there was supposed yeah. to be something that was like uh, supposed to come of that. Wait, 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 wait. Ben, ben Folds, like the band Ben Folds Five. Yeah, yeah. Ben Fold is a person? I always thought that was just like a name. No, no, he's like Hoobastank. <laughs> there were it was called the Ben Folds Five and there were three of them, but Ben Folds was indeed a real person. Okay. I'm good for him, I guess. Yeah. He's a pianist, vocalist. He's he does stuff. Ben Folds thinks he's so cool just because he's a musician. He ain't <laughs> 
<laughs> he ate shit. Uh, so on May uh, 22nd, 2020, following the success of the Fraggle Rock, Rock on Shots, I guess, uh, oh, shorts. I <laughs> shots is shorts. So look. Um, Apple TV Plus announced that it had signed a deal with the Henson Company to produce a full-fledged reboot of Fraggle Rock. Thank God we're getting a reboot of another series. Thank you. Did anybody Just see the needed. Dark Crystal series that was on Netflix? <laughs> I know people happen. who like. I fucking fav- knew this was gonna happen. I know people. Their favorite movie is Dark Crystal, and they haven't seen that. Dude, yeah. the the show was actually really good, and it got canceled because not enough people watched it. As it was, as what happens when it things is get canceled. really good, and I liked it a lot. But I think it's funny because it comes up on uh, the Thought Cops Discord, which I guess I'll give a free plug to here. Right. Quite a bit. Uh, it is. It's a great. It is a great show, but it's just such a weird... Th- I feel like The Dark Crystal is such a hard thing to bring up in normal conversation because you feel like a freak. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I definitely do. But you embrace it, and then you move past that, and you then you go, oh, well, check out this show. It's like it's like Game of Thrones, but with puppets and better. Oh. <laughs> they do kiss. They do kiss. Oh, I do they do kiss. Yeah. There is well. puppet genocide and puppet murder. <laughs> yeah. It is dark. Well. Well, we're not here today to talk about Jim Henson movies. We're here to talk about jocks. Robot jocks. <laughs> oh, man. R.I.P. to the real ones. You know, still recovering from the Daft Punk loss that we face this yeah, year. Say, they're, not, they're not dead. They just. What, one I of mean, them they, exploded. Well, yeah, they, <laughs> just a mess of gore and bolts everywhere. Because they were half robot. That actually is true. Um, the cool, cool thing about that song, though, like I could, what I just did, like changing up anything that has robot in it, you could do that with. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like robot dick, ro- Ro- robot. robot socks is what immediately jumps into my head. But... <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one because it's just changing one letter. <laughs> yeah. If you're going with like the baseball spelling, yeah, it's uh, it, so a, a little bit about robot jocks before we start talking. It is a 1990 American post-apocalyptic science fiction mecha film. Um, big surprise to me was that it was directed by Stuart Gordon. I didn't know that about this film. I've seen it before, but a uh, huge Stuart Gordon fan. You might know him for directing such fine classics like Reanimator and From Beyond, uh, and also Disney's and, 1998 hit, The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit. Yeah, I, I was I was looking him up before we <laughs> jumped on here, and I'd never heard of that. But I never heard of Disney's big huge hit of the 1998, uh, the The Wonderful Ice Cream Suit, starring. Uh, uh, Joe Montana. I, I was surprised to see find out that the suit wasn't made of ice cream. It just gives you ice cream. Yeah, it fucking pissed me off. <laughs> I've never been more upset in my entire Wait, life. What oh, is this? he did but... Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, too. No, yeah, he, did, he... he did an episode of the TV show. Yeah. Oh. Well, he, he did an episode of the TV show, but he also did co-write the original script for it, too. Oh, that's the Tony's a Chicago that's... guy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, have... He also died a little over a year ago, like March 27th, I think. This is what he's going to talk about. It's a bummer, because I think he passed away right at the height of when the pandemic was going down really bad. So, like, you know, we had so many celebrity deaths that we, like, took our time to, like, talk about or kind of reflect on during the 2020s. But I think because it happened right at the height of, like, oh, shit, everything's shutting down. And not from time. COVID. Yeah, not from COVID. Which, but... I mean, you know, that, that's the cool death to get. No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Might edit that one out. We'll see. Yeah, I, I do think it's like it's, I knew this was a Stuart Gordon movie because Jeffrey Combs is in it. Yes. He's only in it for like a, a minute and doesn't really do much, but he's one of those where like, oh, I bet this movie was made by this group of people since he's there. Which yeah, I mean, Jeffrey I, Combs fucking rules. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs. I would watch him eat soup. 
for an hour. <laughs> he's, Man, he's screw that. I'd watch him fuck. <laughs> yeah. I think like it'd probably be more entertaining to watch somebody fuck soup than watch somebody eat soup. Yeah, I mean, I guess just for the logistics, like, um, I don't think it could be a straight up soup. It'd have to be a really thick uh, stew. It'd have to be like a <laughs> stew or a chowder, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be a chowder. <laughs> chowder, <laughs> hardly know her. <laughs> I, was just th- I was thinking the most efficient way to have sex with soup would be to freeze it into a log, then have the soup have sex with you. You're still having sex with <laughs> the soup. A, that's yeah, that's such a weird way to put it. <laughs> you get freezer burn on your dick if you do that. Yeah, well, you get the pleasure of having freezer burn on your dick if you did that. Oh right. Um, <laughs> this is this seems right for what we were doing for this episode. I was thinking like, okay, here's my here's my plan to fuck soup. Like you get I don't know what the rules are, but, like, if you have to keep it where it's still edible for some reason, um, like, you'd have to get, like, a lot of gelatin. Like, Br- just Brandon, almost so I, thick. I can't. This yeah. isn't, like, a death note. There aren't rules to this. You just fuck the soup the best way I mean, you can. <laughs> that sounds like something a goddamn animal would say, in my opinion. It's, it's, it's just a simple fact. For sex, you need friction. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, um, we can't, I don't think we can milk this anymore. I think it's good to get back to Stuart Gordon. Um, have, I mean, I, I assume, I assume Luke's seen this because he's my brother in arms for campy films, but have, have you all seen Reanimator? Yes, well? I've seen Reanimator. Oh, yeah. I have not. Yeah. I don't watch as many movies as a lot of other people. Uh, yeah. Reanimator's great if you like weird stuff. Like, it's not like a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a very good way to put it. Same with From Beyond, too, which is, I think, a lesser cult following than Reanimator, but still has a lot of the same beats and feeling. Both of them based off H.P. Lovecraft properties, too, because Stuart Gordon was a huge fan of them. Yeah, um, I've not I've uh, not seen From Beyond, but there is, I watched a review of it that Red Letter Media did, and there's a scene where, like, Jeffrey Combs, like, sucks out someone's eyeball and then sucks their brain out through the hole, and that, like, is an image that just sticks with me. Yeah. It's pretty intense. Uh, it's definitely a lot more violent and gory than uh, Reanimator, which is saying a lot if you've seen Reanimator. <laughs> uh, a lot more actually... so than this movie, too. There's very little gore in robot jobs. I was really surprised yeah. when it started, and it was like, this is PG. This is just PG. Like, what? Yeah, there, there, there's a full-on lady's butt in this movie, and it's PG. It, yeah. Isn't there, like, a thing, though, with how they used to rate things pg which was like oh so long as you have a parent it's parental guidance and nowadays yes. like some of the things that were rated pg would easily be rated r but they I, I do think they were a lot more lenient back in the days i think yeah. they realized this is like a prime time like orphan movie and if you don't have a parent or guardian like how are you going to enjoy it that's why they needed to change the ratings also when yeah. did the mpaa start it wasn't that long ago it wasn't probably like it was probably like around like the late '60s or something after movies like Midnight Cowboy and shit came out. Yeah, for uh, PG-13 was introduced in 1984, uh, which I guess they oh, they changed man. a lot of it as it went, and that was because uh, it was uh, due to it looks like the Temple of Doom and Gremlins causing a lot of uh, reactions with concerned parents. That makes sense. Jesus, um, Gremlins. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they get up to too many shenanigans. That's at least a 13-year-old. They did one smoking. They did did cancel culture against gremlins. (laughs) And three of the the gremlins did use the N-word, too, which is really weird. This is a weird road to go down, I shouldn't. Let's get out of there real quick. Well, Uh, well, yeah, let's start. Do we get a year on when this movie takes place? We never get a number, do we? 
Uh, it's 50 years after a nuclear fallout, I remember yeah. they say at the beginning of it, but I don't think they actually give you a year, which smart on them. If you don't have to, don't do it. Yeah, it's 50 right. years after a nuclear war almost destroyed the planet, and this is, I love this phrase, war has been made illegal <laughs> against the law. Like, you got something like, oh, none of you kids best be thinking about starting any wars out here, or straight to the who's got with you. Uh, that's a better Irish impression than you get for a Russian impression. <laughs> yeah. that now. I've, been, uh, I've been doing that all day, so I just had to put that on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, hey, I can tell, man, it's been honed in, uh, to a, a fine point. Oh, yeah, very beautifully like. done, Luke. Um, yeah. You're going to be I, I want to say this before we start getting too much into the plot. This is literally live action G Gundam, which made me I wrote that excited. down, too. Yeah, it's just there's no way of getting around it. They they've decided that all disputes in territory are decided by giant gladiator style fights with their robots. Uh it it's it's G Gundam beat for beat almost, other than the fact that there's no like Neo America and a guy piloting a mecha horse, which I, is a letdown, but you can't no, get it it's, all. I get you know? it's high concept. You can explain it immediately, but it's such a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, they, uh, they don't it, really go into any, like, of the geopolitical aspects of just, like, yeah, but why do they do the fights? Well, just, like, they just do them. They just have fights. They, like, not, not to settle disputes. They just have a fight. Well, they, they, it is to settle disputes. It is. Though. Like, I don't think they explain it But they don't it really well. talk about the disputes. Yeah, they don't, like, explain yeah. it well. And they didn't really talk about, like, what disputes are being... Like, I'm assuming there's some sort of Cold War <laughs> aspect because, yeah, the the main bad guy is Russian. Did you not really... remember the most memorable line in the movie? What about Alaska? It's rich. In, it's rich <laughs> in resources. We need exactly. Yeah, oil, <laughs> snow, lumber, others, bears. Denali's grand, expansive uh, land that is uh, to be seen before you pass away, for you can actually experience nature's natural beauty. Um, it's, I think one of those things of, they never established, like, does somebody say, Hey, I want this, this La Alaska right, and then, right. like the Russians come and they're like, no, we want Alaska. And they're like, okay, it's time to robot they, jobs. They, <laughs> right. they didn't, they didn't explain this at all, but this is how I pictured it in my head. It's like a strategy RPG where the world is cut up into a large grid based system and you're just moving your guys trying to claim your territory and you get to do it every couple of weeks. You get to send out a fighter. <laughs> I like this a lot. I mean, I've heard of some wars, but this is some real advanced wars. Right exactly. Here, <laughs> See, you know, you know exactly what's happening here. Well, yeah. it's just so weird because these guys, the ro the titular robot jocks, which is, again, just stop call. I hate hearing it. Robot jocks. It sounds so wrong. Well, if you hate hearing that, I would recommend not watching the movie of robot jocks. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> there's when also I say it like every other scene. There's also one scene when like it was, I don't know if it was the actress or the script. It's the uh so, the old science lady. I believe she used uses jocks in as a singular rather than a plural. Like rather than saying jock first to re refer to a single person, she says jocks. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I was pretty disappointed at the lack of, like, nude men in locker rooms, like, whipping each other with towels after the big game. We got <laughs> close to it a few times, too, and close, we never got to see it. Never saw they, it. they set it up. They I gave know. us, like, check out, Chekhov's towel. They gave us Chekhov's butt a few <laughs> right. times, and we never got... Right. <laughs> Definitely like Chekhov's we, butts. We never, we never got that payoff. I will... Uh, but yeah. I was about to say, I was just going to start getting back into summation, so if you got a detail, get that, <clears throat> get that bad boy in. 
No, I, w- I was going to go into uh, Gary Graham. <laughs> That's the name of the main actor, right? Yeah, he's really like only famous for doing Alien Nation, and that's about all I could really find on him. Yeah, I did like I kept at the beginning watching the movie. I kept calling him not Billy Zane <laughs> because yeah, like I mean, he's got blowjob lips like Billy Zane ooh. does. Yeah, it's that whole like '90s run of like just almost forgettable dad looking like motherfuckers right. that had all the roles. Like uh, I was saying earlier, this is like a John Claude Van Dang. Um, <laughs> I told everybody. <laughs> I told everybody they'd have to laugh again because I, I shot my load too early before we started recording. Real, real sexual episode, but I just think that's the energy that Grant brings. So, Pazuki is full of cum. Thank you. I love, now. I love how they wheel this guy out, and he's like sort of the cocky American big shot guy. And you see him, and you look at him, and you're just like. Like, the movie's trying to convince you this is the coolest man you've ever seen before in your life. And you're like, I I don't know. I guess. <laughs> and then, like, every conversation he has is like, how'd you win? Uh, I guess I was lucky and I'm afraid a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie starts with a giant robot battle, as yeah. it should, between Alexander and Hercules. Yeah. And it's, like, kind of in medias rest because it starts with the end of the fight where Alexander who is a straight-up just psychopath. Yes. Killing Hercules, even though his his robot was disabled and he himself had a broken back, so there was no need for Alexander to kill him, but he does. He squishes him like a bug. I, I don't put all of the I don't put all of the fault on our, our Russian adversary. I put a lot of that on the legion of stepdads who don't do anything to call <laughs> any of these robot fights. The referees are going so slow, and it's like, it almost seems like you can do whatever you want if you have the referees waiting. And he's, like, figured out the perfect system or loophole, which is like, oh, these dumb motherfuckers are taking too long. I'm just going to squish them. And I guess each time the referees are like, ah, we took too long. I guess we can't really say. Uh, there's nothing wrong. in the rule book that says you can't crush them like a bug. Uh, I mean, we should have put something like that in there, but we didn't. I mean, it's happened ten times, so maybe we should? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh man. There's so many ridiculous aspects to this movie, but that is definitely, like, one of the weird ones. I, I, I want to say, too, as we go through the plot, also just, like, the pacing is so bizarre in this film. I, I don't know if you both felt that, or I should say all three of you felt that way when watching it, is is going through it. Well, I always think when I watch movies now, that, like, why did they do write it this way instead of this way? Because there's a tragedy that happens to Achilles, our main character, in like the end of the first act, I guess is when it happens, when his robot gets knocked into the bleachers full of people that they put right by the battlefield where the giant robots are going to fight. That sounds right. Yeah, which, knowing the whole arsenal we see during that fight of like, there's a rocket hand, there's a laser, there's literal missiles, it's like... Why? Why is there spectators? It's, it's okay. Like, they they I, they right. waved it away. Everyone signed a form. Yeah, yeah, but but I feel like that like because he gets kind of traumatized by all those people getting hurt. That should have been like before the movie started. Like that's oh he's we got to bring Achilles out of retirement for this robot jocks fight, and he stopped at, d- doing robot jocks fights after he killed all those people, even yeah. though he did it to try and save them, but. Still, I, it would have been more fun if they had uh, uh, Achilles make a turn in the film, so it could be Achilles' heel. Um, that would have been fun. 
just a little just a little wrestling I feel fun like they sort of alluded to that a little uh, he said something about like how's the ankle and the guy's like oh it's so good you can dance on it and it's like is that a <laughs> is that an achilles heel joke like i think so i guess i i didn't notice that i was thinking that it was in reference to like how hercules lost the fight yeah Oh, I, th- I don't know. It's that I it- thought it was in reference. I think it probably is a joke, though. That's uh, that probably is. Like, I, I th- oh, okay. only the smart yes, people so. will get. This I thought one. it was in reference to just how non-limber these robots are. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not quick. But I do. This, okay, this is one thing we should talk about. This is going to be like a hybrid Mothra Pulse Drag Race. Because we're going to talk the mecha, but also we could talk the fashion. Too. Oh yes, please. Um, I actually, I actually did like the robot designs a lot in this film. I I hadn't seen this since I was a lot younger. We watched it like way back in high school, but like watching it again, I have an appreciation for the stop motion and the actual like set designs. Yeah, and, like, practical yeah. effects. Oh, same here. I I I I don't dislike it. I get what you're saying with that, but it is it it dates the movie so much. It dates the movie, and like the robots are bulky and stupid looking, but at least they actually feel that way and move like they have weight to them, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. I like the Russian design for the robot because it's kind of got like that whole kind of black and yellow, almost like a hornet look to it. I like that, that it's aside, got like the spider legs. Oh yeah, yeah, that was cool. That's something that kind of made sense because these things, like, why they don't make mechs? Because all you got to do is trip it. Exactly. It's stupid. For the there, fashion, though, we do need to talk about the fashion in this film. Crash wow. test dummies. That's yeah. everybody tries to like crash test dummies. Uh, but they, like they also... the most ill form fitting like clothing I've ever seen in a film. Like everybody looked like they were just shoved into a, a, a burlap sack <laughs> and then put some well, patches well, not, on. It. Not like, everybody. It was... Like a lot of people look like they're just supposed to be the the hot rich character from like a, a ski movie. Oh yeah. yeah, that that. Pre- that president of the alliance or whatever with his little like dracula oh yeah i on. love that thing yeah <laughs> which was gifted to him by dracula they left that out of the script because they had <laughs> time but <laughs> dracula was in the film a lot before they cut his parts out <laughs> just hanging around in the background being like i love these mix <laughs> i also <laughs> like the um what the the people that are the the test tube baby people the tubies as they the call tubies. them yeah. yeah i like that they all had like the same haircut it's just like so you mean to tell me if you're like a test tube baby like your hair just turns into a like a, a fucking mullet with the the rat tail in the back like is that just an aspect of that why yeah like, like you mix like a padawan rat tail with a man bun I- Right. I think yeah. it's just anyone who was raised in like an actual culture would know better than to have that haircut. It was awful. Yeah, it was real awful. I like the idea that they've perfected how to make clones down to the T, but the one weird side effect is that that hair always comes <laughs> out that way, and they're like, I, good enough, I guess. And uh, it, what's his name? The main guy made some comment of like, some of them aren't too hard to look at, and it's like, you're all hard to look at. Look at this <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> hair. This is this is such a weird thing that's happened in a lot of Podzuki episodes. Like I can even think back to like Adrian Stout's episode. This is an entire movie where everyone looks like a dad. Just everyone yeah. is a dad. Like even even like uh, Athena a little bit has some dad qualities to her look. Like I want to say, yeah, yeah, she does. I I I don't want to feel too gross by saying this, but very very flat chested for the female lead in a movie. 
<laughs> that is a weird observation. I I don't think there's like a bus size that you have to like go to for mecha movies. Like uh, this is a robot film. If they ain't got some titties on it, I ain't uh, watching. That's why they call it? Well, the I mean, as a, as a good fit, she's supposed she's supposed to be like athletic and stuff, and she's cl- been cloned to pilot a robot. And explain to me how doing hand to hand combat in person helps you to pilot these robots. Because what they're doing when they're in the cockpit doesn't seem to be like they're straight up fighting. This movie assumed that in about five years down the road, no wait, let me see the date when it came out, 1990, about six years down the road, there would be a, an anime series come out called G Gundam. It would make you instantly realize that you do need to have martial arts training to pilot. To <laughs> um, well, G Gundam, it makes sense, though, because like they are they are like really hand to hand fighting I, yeah. in those little they, tubes. They never really explain it, but I think they're trying to suggest like it's really daunting physically to pilot the robot and like move it. Yeah, I just. Because of all the grunts in the film, <laughs> a lot of grunts. I'll be pilot. frank. The, yeah, that's something. The, Go ahead. So the the hand to hand combat, I think, makes more sense as training. Like it makes more sense than the vibrating seizure machine that separately cooks and greases you as you try to climb it. Oh, the, uh, the <laughs> what do they call that? The shake rack. The, 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 the Nickelodeon guts of the future. Rumble yeah, it room. The... It had some kind of name. I think it was, I, I want to assume that it was something really stupid I forgot, but I'm just going to go and call it the Shake Shack. <laughs> Shake yeah. Shack, it also made me think of Mousetrap for some reason. I, I could definitely see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I definitely, I think as stupid as it was, I did kind of like that scene and the design for it, but then it lost me when they decided like, okay, we're going to throw in like the sounds of a phone ringing, a car alarm, maybe a dog barking, <laughs> and we're going to repeat it over and over again. See, I yeah. thought what was going to happen, even though I'd seen the movie before, so I should have known it wasn't going to happen. When he talks about the room moving, I thought like the whole room was going to move and like gravity was going to change yeah. to make it difficult. Because it doesn't, they do talk about luck in this movie, and I guess that's supposed to be the idea between the training, because it doesn't seem that like being strong or smart, stronger or smart is going to help you get up this thing. It's just luck, whether or not you grab the pole that's going to splooge lube on you. Or the one yeah. that's going to be superheated, or the one that's just going to fall. Right. Yeah. But uh, to to get back a little bit to where we were for like the actual story, so we were we're kind of introduced to all the characters. Achilles is the main one. Athena is one of the tubies that takes a liking to him, and they have a few scenes here and there. He's also kind of uh, coached by a guy that just goes by the name of Tex, Tex Conway. And since this yeah, Tex Conway, and since this is the '90s, you instantly can assume he's a large, portly white male wearing a cowboy hat. With a very thick southern accent. Yeah, kind of like a, a Joe Don Baker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Joe Don Baker, but somehow more racist. Because <laughs> Joe Don Baker already looks pretty racist. I don't think he was, but he just has that look. Uh, well, and I think uh, Texas, Texas, uh, Tex. Texas, <laughs> the state of Texas. Uh, no, Texas was throwing around the, the J-slur. I was uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, yeah. the J-slur. Uh, I had a note about that is which like, this is not a big spoiler but later in the movie he gets caught being a spy and gets ready to kill himself and my thought was well it's like okay I'm gonna get one more J word in before <laughs> see you later oh and Just, he said he shouts Geronimo as he yeah one more J word Jesus Christ <laughs> Just he just tried to get them all in before he was done <laughs> Just right before he hits the page. oh I forgot um, to say the N word <laughs> <laughs> my one regret yeah, <laughs> oh, geez. 
Uh, yeah, so he he's the coach of the main character, kind of like in this. Uh, he was a former pilot that had won a bunch of matches too, and then they have their uh, scientist, who's just referred to as Doc uh, Matsumoto, who is the uh, the Japanese scientist. Which text reminds us many times through using that slur. Um, <laughs> it's listen, it's the nineties. Yes, it sucks. It's terrible. I hate also it, the but... doctor is so like grave and serious. It, he's and he grave and he's serious. And it feels like he's, like, one of the few honest good people working there. So it's like, yeah, this guy going to get iced. I know he's going oh, yeah. to get iced. I can, I can tell from the mo- They introduce him, like, folding origami. And then that's... I mean, it's not really a theme throughout the movie. But, like, they put more origami throughout the film. And it's like, okay, yeah, this guy knows how to do stuff. He's he's going to die. They also try and give him, like, Confucius sort of things to say. Yeah. Like, inside every old man is also a child. <laughs> that's not how people work man if you got a, if you got an entire person inside of you guys it's one dude. of those like yeah like i get the wisdom behind it but it sounds clunky and dumb mm-hmm. yeah besides inside of every old man is another old man waiting to burst out and become stronger <laughs> so this, uh, this movie really is you talk about you knew that the doc was going to get iced it's very rife with cliches like that. Like when, oh, this movie's thick with it. When Achilles goes out to, it's he's apparently, I guess the robot jocks are under contract with their governments, and he used contract yeah. to do ten fights. He's won nine of them, and this is his tenth fight. And like as he's going up, everybody's talking about ah, good luck, and he gets a call from his family to wish him good luck. And that, that oh, they like, don't say good luck; oh, they say something bad. They say crash happen. and burn. It's just like the yeah. theater. Oh, it's, Oh my god, is that why they say crash and burn? Because you don't say good luck? That's what I assumed. Yeah, exactly. I kept having... Oh my god, I was racking my brain over like, why do you keep saying crash and burn? That's what you want to not do. (laughs) It's just like break a leg, man. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so they they have this fight and uh, they go through all the kind of rounds. They they shoot off some fireworks at each other. Once again, this is where we see like the stop animation and the effects for this movie. Not too bad. It's actually kind of fun to watch. It's uh, it is a little slow, but they get to the point where they're all out of their weapons. So they have this stupid rule that oh, we're hand to hand, so now we can't use any ranged weapons because we're by the audience. Sure enough, uh, Alexander, the evil Russian dude, decides to use a ranged weapon. So our hero gets up in his mech suit, thinking that he can like deflect it, but he gets hit right onto the crowd. And this is something I actually kind of liked. And if this was a better written film, they really want you to see how bad it is. They wanted you to see like all the damage done and right. like the terror people are experiencing. And I actually kind of liked how they did that. But uh, since this film's overall plot is kind of a little bit weak, it it feels very weird. Well, I, I think most of the problems, and I found this out while reading mm-hmm. the IMDb page, that the sc- Stuart Gordon and the screenwriter were trying to make completely different movies. Mm-hmm. The yeah. screenwriter wanted to make like a serious movie about like soldiers and robots, and Stuart Gordon wanted to make a, a kids movie. Oh, <laughs> or a Stuart Gordon film, if you will. Yeah, kids love reading. <laughs> I mean, listen, I saw it as a kid. I love when that it. head goes down on that girl. <laughs> Literally, a decapitated head going down on a woman. Get the kids in. Oh, um, we, we brought up like clear indications of death earlier. As soon as we saw that panning shot of like the crowd and you see that kid with the cyberpunk teddy bear, like I fucking knew that kid was going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going down. Anytime you see a child with a teddy bear, they're going to oh, die. Oh yeah. Especially like a, a, a fucking setting specific teddy bear that has like chrome pipe cleaners and goggles. Like, yeah, that kid's going to die. Well, Ooh, I was talking about real life with the teddy bear strangler. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> a grim time in this country's history. Yeah. So uh, he falls on the audience, and then they have, like, a whole council of judges. This is another stupid touch I absolutely love about this film for being so thick, thick-headed, is the, the judges in the future are literally just wearing referee outfits, but they decide the fate of everything. It's so stupid. Yeah, they're li- it's like they're in guts. It's yeah. <laughs> But they uh, they they rule that basically due to technicalities on both sides they are they're going to forfeit the match and that Alaska's back up for dispute. Also due to technicalities, uh, Achilles can now quit because it's still technically a fight. So he decides to, and Alexander's like, "Hell yeah, I get to go kill more people again." Hell yeah! <laughs> you see, this is one of the things that really bothered me with the movie that I didn't really notice the first time I watched it. There's some world building stuff, but not near enough not nearly as much as there should be yeah let's let's talk about that because like i think what you mentioned with the the screenwriter that they got who was like i guess an uh like an actual honest science fiction writer i think he had some really great ideas his name was charles band he did some like uh the forever war which is a slightly famous uh science fiction novelia i think the cool things in this movie I really liked and the slight world building that came up probably came from that script because it seems like there were some really cool ideas they just kind of tossed aside in the long run of this film. Yeah, it didn't yeah. feel fully fleshed out, and that's, I think, my one gripe with it because there are aspects of it where I was like, yeah, I you don't see movies like this too much anymore, and, like, Brandon, you're talking about, like, the, uh, the stop-motion animation and, like, some of the retro-futurism. It's like, it has this, like lived-in feel and it's like yeah i want to explore more of this minus the shitty dialogue (laughs) and the you know racial stereotypes and like the you know other stuff like that it's like the concept itself and some of the stuff that happens isn't too bad but the execution is not you know necessarily yeah i liked the little things like how like they you saw the get pregnant signs which made me think that maybe hell comes to frog down too hell come to frog town oh god i hope these are in the same universe they could be i mean there's nothing saying that it can't i mean frog town hell comes to frog town looks like kind of like a post-apocalyptic place the world and robot jocks like outside it just looks like detroit it does yeah yeah if anything this could be like one of the places of civilization that's still left and outside of it literally is frog town this could be the same universe guys we're gonna we're gonna franchise it It could be (laughs) they got everyone wearing masks when they're outside well, for the most yeah, part, unless like, you're a speaking character in a scene. Although they don't have a ton of those because they don't really explore the world all that much outside of our main characters. Yeah, I exactly. Don't think, I don't think they were going to at all, but I think Jeffrey Combs stopped by set. <laughs> Stuart Gordon's like, ah, I gotta get, I gotta get my buddy in one of these scenes. Come gotta on. get him gambling. I did like, yeah, that all the all the proles, as they were called in the script, because I, I just know that because Jeffrey Combs was credited as uh, parole number oh, one. I love that. Yeah, how they're like dirty and they wear stupid hats. And once again, like, the flourishes of, like, cool ideas and, like, backstory they probably got rid of. I like the idea of, like, there's, it seems like they don't have an economy other than just basing their bets on the fights and, like, it's all put into, like, different stocks of things, which... Some more explanation on that would have been nice, because there was kind of, like, a Hunger Games sort of thing going on, where, like, the fights weren't just to dispute things, it was also to keep the populace happy, because they get to go and watch giant robots duke it out. Yeah. And, like, this weird sort of, content, like, subcontext of, like, the, the continuation of the military-industrial complex, I think, is sort of an interesting idea how it's like, yeah, we don't have wars anymore, but, like, this war is still how we fucking make the world go round, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have liked some explanation on, like, just, just to what level the world is fucked up. 
because they like hint at it very vaguely. They they made a big deal at that dinner that uh, Achilles goes home for, where they're like, "Hey, we're having real meat tonight," and there's like one sausage and a pot full of beans. Yeah, <laughs> not even like even like sausage is giving it a little bit too much Sorry, credit. It's, it's a hot it dog. is a hot dog. You're right. <laughs> Yeah. It's a, it's a, well, let's be honest. It's a very plump hot dog, so it does go on that border of like, do I truly know what this is? But maybe well, not. it's the it, it's it's a ballpark, Frank. They plump when you cook them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? Never forget the ballpark, Frank. Are those still even made anymore? Yeah, I'm sure they make them. I mean, yeah. I only eat Nathan's now, <laughs> but ooh, Mister Fancy here, lot da. <laughs> no, actually, that's not even true. I have some Fud Hot Links in my fridge right ooh. now. Those are famously made by Elmer Fudd, the cartoon character, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he he gave up being a cartoon to be a real guy who made <laughs> yeah. hot dogs. Oh, man. And, and luncheon meats. I feel like I'm having one of those days where I'm like, I'm doing a lot of non-starter pits. I'm just getting out of the way. <laughs> I didn't stretch properly before we started podcasting today, so I do I do apologize for that audience. To to get back to the, the story of, like, I guess that is a good point, is he's decided to retire as a fight. A fighter, so he goes to live, I guess, with his brother and uh, his sister-in-law. Yeah, um, it took me a minute because at first I was thinking that was his dad, but then I was yeah. like, "Wait a minute, that doesn't really make any sense." <laughs> and then, like, uh, he he's spending his time, I guess, going to a future bar and just getting drunk. I think there's only one bar in this future where everyone hangs out. That's what I can assume. Yeah, I got the sense it was like a robot jocks bar. Yeah, even though by definition there couldn't possibly be many of them. I guess you got the tubies. But they're like alternates. Like, I don't know. Are there like multiple robot jocks fights that'll happen at once? These are the things. Well, that's the thing. They didn't. I wish they didn't. I I think it's only the two because they say they're like the two great continents or the two factions. Yeah. Well, then who the are who the hell are the referees? I see. That's that's something they didn't explain. But (laughs) I still think that's like the council of like hockey dads or something because they all just look like a bunch of fucking steps stepfathers who came there for their kids sport yeah and they just uh even reading over the wikipedia and during the movie i was trying to figure out what they the good guys are called they're literally just called the market <coughs> oh, okay so, so that's wrong which is why not just call them like something world war ii like the allies or something or... yeah exactly it i, I mean i feel like <laughs> i feel association like... I feel like Charles Band really did put down like a great script and, and Stuart Gordon just showed up and just like just went nuts on it. Just like tore it in half and then repaced it together and like, we're doing this now. I'm crazy. Like, uh, that's uh, the only thing I can imagine for like this this weird like amalgamation of a movie to exist. But yeah, he, he uh, to get back to it, he shows up at the bar drunk because I think we're supposed to be like, oh, he's upset. He's not fighting anymore. But wants to fight. It's hard to say. He gets into talking with the two tubies, which I think is really fun because this a real weird conversation where he's like, hey, if you guys were in my, my, my boots, would you guys have uh, saved the spectators? And both of the tubies like gleefully say like, no, why would we? I, I you, did like that they added the line that anybody who wanted to be in the bleachers had to sign waivers because that, yeah. that made some sense. Right, because I was it, thinking, like, well, why the fuck would you have bleachers so close to those fights? It it is stupid, but also I guess it does kind of make sense because at the same time, is like if you were living in a post apocalypse and you're like you could die any day, but they're also like, well, you could go watch a bunch of giant robots <laughs> fight. You'd be like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I get that, but you could put them like 
half a mile further out and you could still see them because they're giant well, fucking yeah, robots. But then you can't see them well. Yeah. That's like going to a monster truck rally and like sitting three blocks away. Like you don't want to do that. Yeah. It's like if everybody could have the front row seats at the Bulls game, except sometimes you get crushed by Michael Jordan. <laughs> 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 Simple as that. Oh man. Yeah. That's the dream. Speaking yeah. of his wife. Uh, yeah, we'll talk we'll we'll talk about uh uh Space Jam a little bit later. <laughs> Great. Yeah, I know you'll never escape a grant of no. wherever you go. Every week. Every week <laughs> I gotta fucking talk about Space Jam. I'm so fucking tired of Space Jam. I don't care about Space Jam. Well, if you're tired of Space Jam, have you heard about Space Jam 2? Oh, no. <laughs> Space Jelly? That's the thing that I was talking about. How oh, Space Jelly's good. That's good. <laughs> I, I promise we won't devolve into a Lola Bunny discussion. Actually, we can. probably will later. You just <laughs> fucking brought it up, so you planted the seed. I so did if it happens, it's your fault. I'm a little naughty boy, guys. <laughs> just want y'all to know. Ooh, please uh, hurt me, Woa. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna say this real quick. We don't need to, but I, I thoroughly involve or thoroughly enjoy the involvement and the ongoing discussion of the little bunny discourse because there's been a lot of good jokes on Twitter. So you know what? Burn it all to the ground so we can have some fun. <laughs> yeah. To get back to the robot jocks, they decide that uh, hey, we're gonna get these other people to volunteer to do the fight. Uh, so Athena jumps into the ring to fight Alexander. Um, we get some good old-fashioned early 90s sexism from uh, both Tex and Eccles as they're talking about it. They're like, oh, it's a woman fighting, but she's a Tubi. And then he's like, but she's a woman. I'm like, oh, that's right. This is the 90s. There's no joke after that. That's just the dialogue. <laughs> well, he, he, he agrees to fight Alexander again because he doesn't want her to get involved in the fight. Yeah. And it's Which... supposed to be that, like, yeah, like you said earlier, piloting the robots are supposed to be physically exhausting and very dangerous but you don't really get that scene enough so it just seems kind of like he's keeping a woman from doing the thing she's spent her entire life wanting to do yeah yeah and they they make it feel like like these tubies supposed to have like a an unnatural advantage compared to like a regular fighter then so it almost make more sense for her to get in the ring um but then we're, we're treated to a bunch of scenes before the actual fight comes where like she wants to study him and see why he's such a good fighter, and then he's like, "Oh, it's it's all because of luck and fear," which is once again real stupid dialogue that might have been better in his original form, but we've definitely lost that at this point with the yeah. script. Well, they don't do enough to make the Tubies seem kind of like alien, because yeah. other than their haircuts, <laughs> the they seem like normal people. They get angry, they get upset. Yeah, they just seem like future prep like they, school kids. Yeah. Uh. Like, I don't know why I keep thinking, maybe it's the haircuts, I keep thinking of, like, Jedi Padawans. I mean, like I think, if we're gonna go super nerdy and get into very, very obscure specifics, I think they were trying to steal a lot of ideas from the Mech Warrior series, uh, if any of you are familiar with that. Because it, it has the same thing where it's like, there's regular pilots, but there's also people that are specifically cloned and breed to pilot the robots. And they also have stupid haircuts, so I think it was just them kind of cutting and trimming some of those ideas into this. Probably. Which is fine, but there was no tension between like what makes these people better. Like, uh, if they were going for what, what's uh, what's Spock in uh, in Star Trek? Oh, he's a Vulcan. What, what, what race is he? If yeah. if they were some Half sort of like Vulcan. sorry, if they were some sort of like <laughs> okay, Vulcan species where it's like, oh, we feel no emotion, and we we just have this like precise understanding of the universe, and like through that we whatever, like that makes sense. But they're just like, oh yeah, we're 
born in test tubes and we lose every fight against the one human that's an actual pilot like yeah and it's weird because they almost do it for a second like when she took him home from the bar and like took off his clothes like i wanted to study your body like that's kind of a weird thing but that's really the furthest they go with it right yeah it would have made more sense if she was just like unnaturally cold and just like kind exactly of that's yeah unemotional that's the whole yeah. time but it just seemed like she kind of just like is stepping the line between being like I I was born for this role or like I guess I came out of a test tube and maybe I was born to fight who knows who's it's crazy this world that we're born into <laughs> right doesn't make sense um, right yeah yeah it, 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 there's so many stupid things like this in this film as they lead up closer to the fight she's getting more upset that she's not in the fight which I think honestly I could agree with more but I think it's the bad writing that makes it seem like she's she's being crazy trying to get it into the fight she eventually shows up at his place and uh sedates him with a weird gun uh so she can kind of sneak off and get into the the which if if this had been a better movie they would have set that fucking gun up oh 100 percent. which is is weird because it's back to back with the scene where uh tech shows up at doc's office to confront him about being a spy but doc since he's the only smart character in this film figured out right away like tech's the spy actually so they have a little bit of dialogue, and then Tex makes it seem like he's going to kill himself after being found out, but just shoots Doc. Yeah, he figures um, out that he's a spy because he what he studies like Tex's last match as yeah. a robot jock, and sees that like you hit it in the exact spot point where there was a weak spot in the armor. There's no way you're that lucky. You had to have been told about it, right? And on top of that, they say like his robot was like an upper <coughs> model that should have had an upper hand in any way or form against the one he was fighting too. Yeah. Yeah, they don't ever establish how he would have been a spy for their side and then as a spy for the other. But once again, this this film's pretty light on that script. So. The whole timeline of this movie doesn't make any sense. The nuclear war was 50 years ago. Yeah. Tex looks to be about 50 at the oldest, probably, give or take a few years. So he would have been born right when the nuclear holocaust started. So, like, there's still, like, the whole everything is bigger in Texas attitude after nuclear holocaust. Well, you know, maybe Tex as a person wasn't even that human being, but a vessel uh, that was brought to life by the hat. <laughs> yeah, the hat and just everyone's, like, racial slurs they drop out eventually combined into an avatar that became Tex. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the hat w- originally worn by Boss Hall. Yes, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. That's gained the person That's canon happy. in my head now. <laughs> 50 years ago, a nuke dropped directly on it and it gained strange and informidable powers that no one could challenge, so... <laughs> Because I, I really wish they, again, more world building. If they'd done a generational thing, which I think is kind of what they wanted to do with the Tubies. But, you mm-hmm. know, they were just casting whoever. Yeah. Because yeah. you want to, like, oh, the, the robot jocks, like, these are people who were born after the Holocaust and after the new government started. And then you got older people who remember it. Like, like yeah. Ava does that, which is really cool. But that's... We didn't, did we get, like, a solid age on how old the Tubies are? Oh, yeah, they were all supposed to be six years old. Really tall. Cool. (laughs) They don't, I, definitely a couple times when I was thinking with Athena, like, she does not look of legal age. Maybe it's the small boobs thing again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's related. Man, you really, you got a boob focus today, dude. I get it, though. Anyways, I'd say they they don't give a specific age. And once again, I think in a really, this is, this goes, I think, a very common thing for a lot of science fiction films and movies and even novels is like, it can go either way where you don't give vague or you're very vague with your details and you don't give specifics. 
it can either make it like really cool good world building so that you can kind of right. form your own opinions or it just seems really lazy and like nothing's answered which is what this film feels <laughs> like so. yeah there's like a point where they uh she makes a comment to achilles she's like something something old man and he's like old and it's like well i don't i don't know I mean, like, yeah, to a six-year-old, if you're like if you're like seventeen, they're going to call you an old man, <laughs> right? Yeah, and once again, this is where there's so few like information or solid dates in this film. I was almost screaming at the movie, like, just say an age then, tell us how old you are, <laughs> right? Because he could be anywhere from like in his late twenties ish to I don't know forty or something. Like I I don't know. I can't get a good read on the guy. He just has a too big of a mouth. <laughs> I do like as far as like uh, character design and stuff goes. The scars on Achilles. Oh yeah, yeah. Because that's something I didn't notice the first time I watched the movie. I watched on VHS, so lower quality, obviously. I didn't notice that he's got like all those scars on his face and body. Man, I miss the days of VHS where somebody could just have really fucked up makeup on. You just can't tell what's going on. Oh yeah. (laughs) I miss blotchy films. We should bring (laughs) it back. Oh man, make films more blotchy again. Yeah. So to get back to the plot, they um they get into basically the point where she's hijack the robot and she's gonna fight alexander it's too late for them to stop her at this point and then at the same time kind of like the president of the markets there and tex gets outed as the spy because the the doc recorded what their conversation was and put it on the video of his recording to explain the special weapon in the robot good on you doc you're the only smart character in this film too yeah. bad you got shot which is, <laughs> is, is the new weapon is essentially uh chin sunburst solar flare solar movie. flare Solar flare, yeah. Yeah. Which, once again, like, the actual details and some of the ideas they get into, like, the robot designs, it's a cool idea, especially for the time and age. But, yeah, it's just a plot device to kind of reveal that uh, text with the spy. And then, like we were saying earlier, he gets a few more racial slurs in before he jumps to his death. (laughs) (laughs) And then... The hat Also, how useless are those security guards? He takes them out so slowly, then they let him run out of the room so he can jump out the window. Yeah, it's like Geronimo. Yeah, as a uh, as his hat flies off his body to find its next host to become the racial avatar. <laughs> Anytime there was any level of physical altercation in this movie, I was just like clawing my eyeballs out. Like when he's hitting the punching bag and he's just basically like hugging it and like shifting side to side as he's punching it, or like oh when, god, when and how many the... times they had to do three sixty turns? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah. Like that's like, like you don't do that fix. in a fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's so ridiculous. So yeah, we we get to the point now where uh, Athena's fighting Alexander, and uh, it's not going too hot for her. She gets a few licks and and rips off the robot arm, which is kind of neat. And this is when the movie gets a little more buck wild. Before oh, we get before to before you ending. go on, actually, the him her ripping off uh, Alexander's robot's arm. That's my favorite weapon in the movie. That Bolo saw. I think, oh yeah, that thing's so yeah. cool. That, that was really cool. Yeah, it's like it's like a uh, which is it's a real thing I think where it's like it's just like a how chainsaws used to be before they had like a motor it would just be a chain with a saw on it and, right yeah it's 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 just really cool that's like some I thought that was a cool oh, idea one hundred percent agree yeah yeah I mean like once again with actual some of the the actual writing and hardware they put into this film seems kind of cool when they have a more kind of well executed and thought out idea but you just you don't get a lot of them in it. So. <laughs> 
they 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 have uh, I guess uh, Achilles gets into a future car is the only way I can describe oh, it. Whatever I, I hate that flying car. Oh, yeah, it whatever is, you imagine. That's the gun from. Or, sorry, that's the car from uh, Knife Jogger. Yes, <laughs> but whatever whatever you're imagining when we say future car, it's correct. Trust me uh, <laughs> for what it looks like. You can like, Google it if you want. Can, but. Like I, I love when you first see it; it's just like a normal ugly 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 car but then they like cut they cut to an establishing shot like oh it's supposed to be flying yeah can can, it, can we take a moment to just uh, appreciate all of the nondescript future things that exist in our main character's apartment and then just all over the world that don't have like they don't make any sense why yeah. is everything have to be remote control he's got that one tiny remote control for every door in his house that's got to get frustrating at a point right and then he's got that huge transistor radio size control for his car <laughs> car keys yeah. were too big it, ha- it has a radio on it it's so stupid and then i like the other little touches of like there's just a black ball with like lights inside of it in his apartment because it's the future yeah um, that's a total star trek prop mm-hmm. right there yeah, uh, it has the classic future bar that they were in earlier where all of the drinks are like bright green and blue for some reason. Because in the future, nobody can make old fashions anymore, I guess. <laughs> everything's absinthe. <laughs> yeah, everything's absinthe or blue curacao. Like, that's another, all you can get. Yeah. Another thing about the uh, future tech that I wanted to bring up. Like, I was thinking early on when we saw Achilles' quarters at the headquarters that uh, the sliding doors that you had to open with a remote. Right. I was making a joke to myself, like, how come in the future all the doors have to be automatic and sliding like that? What if you lose power? And then they fucking do that later on in the movie right, right. when yeah. uh, Athena tries to take his spot on the robot. Like, she just breaks the panel so he can't open his door. <laughs> There's a lot of checkoffs in this film, but specifically there is a checkoff sliding door for sure. I, I so. was upset he didn't just punch through the walls. Like, his walls are just fucking fabric fabric yeah. in a very loose wooden frame it was rice paper yeah and you could very clearly see that like they that was on a set on a sound stage when they broke they, those <laughs> non-windows they left the detail out in the script but in the future they've actually found a way to synthesize a spider webbing with rice paper that is actually uh, 50 times stronger than <laughs> so. oh. but you can apparently throw a guy through it he was, he was yeah. thrown really hard <laughs> they didn't they didn't yeah, make also the also, the guy was made out of spiders. So the only thing that can break through spider web. Um, That's true. They left that, that out sense. too. Yeah, that, that was cut with all the Dracula parts too. <laughs> so yeah, to, to get to the final fight, um, right before Alexander's about to do his usual boot stomping. On oh, Athena. I want to mention one more thing. To get out of his oh, apartment yeah. when the door is locked, he summons his flying car to break to ram into the building, and somehow yeah. the car is still drivable. Man, I just I just realized there is a lot of things from G Gundam in this because in G Gundam he also has like a car component he can summon from the Gundam that he does use to escape a few times and get to his. This Gundam. is this is one hundred percent like the live action. If if there was like a Netflix version of G Gundam, it would just be a remake of Robot Jocks. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that, man. I mean, honestly, this was probably before. No, G this Gundam, was before right? G Gundam. Like yeah, this, Six yeah, years it's, before. It's crazy. Yeah. It yeah, is weird. It is. It's weird to consider the fact that, like, these types of movies with, like, the giant robots and stuff like that are very heavy, heavily influenced, obviously, by, like, Japanese films, Japanese culture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But, like, some of those movies are, in and of themselves, sort of, like, 
like influenced by American culture themselves, and then as a result of movies like this, you get like the Gundam series and stuff like that, and it's just like, how come this oh, yeah, movie totally. is so uncool yeah. <laughs> compared to some of those <laughs> entities? You know, like a, a fun, fun little factoid: anime characters have big eyes because Osama Tezuka liked Donald Duck comics. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they go hand eyes. in hand, but it's just weird the interplay of, like, they, they make a movie like this, and it's, like, the the least cool thing, and then you watch a, a, a cool fucking Gundam anime or some shit like that, and you're like, yeah, this is this is awesome. It's like, why did we get this so wrong? That, that's, yeah. I, I didn't bring it up during Martha RuPaul's Drag Race, but, like, that's, that's something I appreciate about the film, but I do also <laughs> see as a detriment. The mechs are so big and beefy, and they're... They're classic American robots, and they are precisely what America would design if they were making a big fighting robot. Yeah, I almost said I wanted to say the same thing. Like it's yeah. Listen, I I can't stop thinking about it. I know this is backpedaling the conversation a little bit, but I love the idea of Osama Tezuka seeing Donald Duck and be like, "I gotta draw this guy. This motherfucker." <laughs> I like that he doesn't wear pants. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm gonna draw a bunch of nudie mouse and put them away in a drawer secretly until somebody finds them one day. <laughs> That's a real specific reference for for one audience member. <laughs> I think. Just I'm saying when you finish listening to this podcast, uh, Google Osama Tezuka titty mouse, you will find something. Yeah, to uh, to get back to the actual like clunky robots, like you're saying, and like the anime versus real life. I think we're getting there. Like, I think Pacific Rim's the first time it's like we actually got a live action yeah. mecha movie that was like actually fucking rock hard awesome. Right. <laughs> like, it was good. Man, well, we you know, now that you, now that you got the technology to do something like that, whereas back then, it, this is like HR, not HR Geiger, who's uh, <laughs> Ray Harryhausen is like that yeah. kind of stop motion where like it's very, it's very like jerky. I mean, Ray Harryhausen was better at it probably and i know that's just a thing that like early stop motion looked like that but in king kong it's fine I, I, in robot jocks which was made in like 80 88 89 even though it didn't come out for two more years it's yeah. got to be a little bit i, I think it has the benefit of those being robots like i think the stiff movement kind of it it enhances it a little bit at least for me no, yeah, i would have liked that. to have seen more guys in robot outfits oh i mean always of course <laughs> Because they don't, there's a couple of times where you can tell it is something like that, or it's at least a prop where like they can have a shot where it's close enough to where you can't see the people moving. Oh yeah, it. I the whatever they have on Amazon Prime is like a very clear cut of this movie, and whenever it's like clearly a a zoomed out prop and not stop motion, it gets so blurry. Yeah, mm. I mean that's the thing of like it's you have to be really smart with your shots. You have to be a good director for these things to work outside of it just being like, we want to have a cool robot in the new stop motion. Like the perfect example is aliens because the power loader, which is one of the fucking coolest things ever in a movie that whole scene, a lot of it's like done with just really smart shots and puppetry. And then like an actual like set piece and design kind of interacting with those so that like you never truly see all of it. And it only moves fully by itself a few times, but like your mind fills in the gaps and makes it look really cool because I think James Cameron just understands motion and like good choreography. So, and that was way too serious for a podcast where we talk about cum and fucking soup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot we were talking about fucking soup. Yeah. Anyways, the best way to probably fuck soup if you're not doing the gelatin thing or freezing it, I would say is like put in so much beef that like it is just basically rendered down beef. So it's like super thick, but like there's some friction. Well, then that that's more made. like fucking a casserole. Um, 
Hey, nothing in the rulebook says you can't. I fuck soups and stew. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we got to put a good sign, uh, like sound effect in there. <laughs> yeah, that one, oh, that's a good one. Good old boner sound. <laughs> Yeah, to to get all the way back to the last fight, a lot of things happen all at once. Athena's here, is, taken out; she's yeah. knocked unconscious, and so Achilles then has to take his flying car to the robot so that he can get in there and replace her. Well, he has to direct it yeah. to crash into his apartment, so then he can escape because it's been locked in by poor design. Well, yeah, at this point he's come back to the uh, where the fight is happening, and he's been. It would have been cooler if he'd been like taken over the text role and Athena had won the fight, but they had to get Achilles back out. You can't, you out can't have a woman break the robot jock's glass ceiling. That's the lesson of this movie, yeah, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Especially, I guess because that uh, ceiling's made of robotic parts, so it's a lot harder to smash out of. Who, who can say? Uh, but yeah, the, he finally gets there just in the nick of time to stop Alexander from crushing, uh, you know, Athena inside of the robot. He gets distracted by referees because they do look like little nerds, so I'd also want to crush him. I totally get it. They do try and stop him from killing, and it'd be like, oh, if you kill her, you forfeit the match, and the Confederates don't get don't get Alaska. Right. And that happens, basically. And they even say, like, okay, we've actually technically won the fight because he tried to attack. But then I love that Achilles, for some reason, has developed honor throughout the whole film when he didn't really give a shit, it felt like. And he's like, no, we have to have this fight. And then we find out the robots can apparently fly. That that seems like it was kind of uh, a double. They the can not only fly; they can fly into outer space. Yeah, like a little bit of up. an oversight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't really see the the need for it unless at some point during production, maybe one of them saw an episode of Gundam and they were like, "Oh, hey, you can do this in space." It's really cool. We should do this. Guys, guys, come here. If you can fight in space, why would you fight just on the ground standing there? I know. It makes it makes the whole Where are you gonna put the bleachers in outer space? You just put cameras up there. You don't need bleachers. (laughs) Just everything's pay per view. Oh, they could have made so much money on pay per view in this world. Idiots. (laughs) Yeah. Bunch of fucking idiots just being stupid. And wearing masks because I guess COVID nineteen's real in this world too. Uh, that was another detail. They're all wearing masks for some reason. Uh, always weird when you see. They, they, they vaguely reference that the air is bad. Like they only say it offhandedly once. They don't really get into why it is, but it is. Yeah, I, th- I think it's because everyone's diet's just beans in the future. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, the filmmakers don't understand how nuclear fallout works. Yeah, yeah well, as long as you don't breathe it in, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> right. But yeah, so they have a space fight, they end up back on Earth, and then uh, their robots do a bunch of other cool stuff. His goes into like a tank mode, his gets spider legs. This this is legit kind of fun and cool. After, But I, it, it's such a weird whiplash because I feel like the space battle completely like takes the whole idea for this film and makes it seem stupid because like we were all saying, why aren't they just fighting mm-hmm. in space? But then it's like it comes back to ground and they do a bunch of cool shit. So I'm like, okay, I can forget. Oh, it. no, I was confused um, why they went to space at all. Like, I didn't even think it looked all that cool when they went to space. They only spent like two minutes up there. It didn't look cool. It looked very no, it bad. Didn't, it didn't look cool at all. I'm saying when they got back to Earth and they were like in a tank mode and they turned into a spider robot, that was cool. Right. That's really what more of the movie should have been. The cr- the crotch. Uh, oh, saw that fucking. That yeah. See, I like the bolo saw a lot, but I, I just love the fucking big flex move of pulling a chainsaw out of your robot's pants. To fucking drive yeah. it into the skull of another robot. Yeah. 
So they they fuck up each other pretty good to the point where yeah. they're both out of the robots, and then they're just fighting with wreckage at the end of the film. Yeah, they they pull a Talladega Knight. <laughs> yeah, and once again, once again, there's like some good writing and hints of a better story here because like this this gross fight that they can't stop having at the end of the film. I think if this was well written and more serious, it would have more weight to it. But it just feels like it goes on for <laughs> yeah. And Alexander, our psychopathic Russian with a bad accent, yeah. gets, like, redeemed at the end? Yeah, it's so weird. He's just like, hey, you don't have to kill people. And he's like, but I want to. like, oh, no, no, no. And they he, give you... he says, and, like, they say robot jocks a few times through the movie, but the last time is my absolute favorite. When he says, like, hey, we can stop fighting, he's like, no, but I'm a robot jock. <laughs> <laughs> we are dead already. <laughs> That's the name of the film. I can't just stop doing it. (laughs) The audience might have forgotten by now. (laughs) Which, again, Um, I think goes back to, like, what the kind of movie that the screenwriter wanted to make. It's supposed to be that they're, like, soldiers with PTSD. Yeah, there's, I mean, we've said it so many times, but there just feels like there's an underlining script that was way better for this film. Right. But that's fine. We're at the end. They they work it out, and they literally fist bump each other with a, a thumbs up, and that is... Yeah, <laughs> that is the end. last shot of the movie. Yeah, no, like the villain who killed two people, only one person, I guess, but he supposedly killed more. Oh, he definitely killed more. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Something he should have been like, I don't know, taken to a, a criminal hospital or something. I yeah, don't know. like a military tribunal or something like that and put on trial for war crimes or some who's, shit. Or like, what, what happens who's after Who's going to convict this? him? Like, war is illegal. Yeah, they, can't, they can't convict yeah. him. The only people they have on the fucking jury are a bunch of dads who work at Foot Locker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no wonder the world's falling apart so bad. Damn. Yeah, so... Not even uh, a good Foot Locker, a lady Foot Locker. How can I forget about Lady Foot Locker, man? What a what an insane reality we live in. The fact they that used to be separate a... stores. Am I remembering that correctly? They were separate stores, and yeah. like we lived in a reality for at least a good decade where Lady Foot Locker was a real store inside of a mall. <laughs> hey, I ain't no fruit. I ain't buying shoes from a place that sells lady shoes. <laughs> yeah. Or that they just, Ugh. like, forgot that women also buy shoes, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we'll do, a, like, a woman's version of the store, too. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, let's workshop the name a little bit. I'm thinking, like, we could get a cool, like, branding. What if we just called it Lady Foot Locker? Done! Lunch? Yeah, it's just... <laughs> I mean, I say, I don't know how much I can say this, but just humans are insane. Like, we're just the most crazy things to ever exist, it feels like. I mean, and we outlawed war and decided to settle our, all our disputes with giant robots. So yeah, <laughs> that's all. That's like the all... most like 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 I, I'm passing a mountain by digging under it rather than climbing over it. I don't know. I was trying <laughs> uh, to robot, phrase. robot jocks was supposed to be fiction, not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. It. This is the future we could have had. I think we're at a good point to get to the good old review section. And um, you know what, Grant, since you are our honored guest, we're yes. glad to have you back. And last time we actually had you watch an honestly great film, which was Dolomite is my name. Yeah. Uh, now you get to see the stupid slop we usually watch, and now you get to feel <laughs> our pain. So giving this one out of five uh, thumbs up, uh, robot thumbs up at the very end of the film, uh, wh- what's your review on this? Oh, man. Uh, one. <laughs> like, I'd hate to do zero, because there were redeeming factors, and... Like we sort of talked about with the 
with the props and the stop animation and like some of the world build the stop motion and like the world building and like there there were were aspects where I was like man I I do miss when movies looked like this it's like you can't get some of this stuff back mm-hmm. but it was not the best vehicle for it you know I mean it wasn't yeah. the worst thing that I've ever seen but it also was not the best thing that I've ever seen it wasn't even the most medium thing that I've ever seen that's a good way of putting it. I feel like I might just uh, jump in with my review after hearing that from you and say, like, yeah, for me, it's like a two out of five uh, thumbs up at the end of RoboJocks because it's like there's there's a lot of cool stuff kind of going on in the background, but it's so diminished by, like, the clunky 90s script and just the weird tone and pacing that it's just like it was an hour and 25 minutes, but it felt like when we usually watch, like, a two to two and a half hour film, that's bad. It's just like, oh, it's still going? Okay, <laughs> whatever. Like Ooh. that's that's always a bad sign if you felt like you were sitting there for a good two hours plus and you see the timestamps in hour twenty and you're like whoa this movie really <laughs> fucked up. yeah like oh yeah that that that's basically my feeling and review on that then yeah I'd give it a uh, three and a half out of five if you watch it with people like other people to like riff on it because it's not a good movie but there's like so many weird decisions and like yeah it is like kind of like a hodgepodge of like the movie that the screenwriter wanted to make and the movie that the director wanted to make because like you've got a gritty story about like about soldiers who are now fighting in giant robots on one hand and then you've got a saturday morning cartoon on the Mm. other and like there are parts where like like what we were talking about with the bolo saw like, that's, like, a Saturday morning cartoon thing that if there was, like, you need either more of that or more of the world building and, like, everything sucks now that the robot jocks are in charge stuff. But, you know, like I said, it's kind of a classic bad movie, so if you've never watched it, check it out, preferably with some friends, but you'll never want to watch it again. I, yeah, I'm I'm going to echo pretty much everyone else's sentiments, although I'm going to give it a solid uh, 2.5 uh, thumbs up out of 5. I feel like this was very middle of the road, at least for me. It it doesn't go far enough, far enough in either being like a serious sci-fi film or a Saturday morning cartoon for it to really like reach the full pinnacle of either. It's, it's very middle of the road. Like there are a lot of things they could have done to make this a, a more interesting film. I I personally would have loved if they would have explored the romance between Achilles and Alexander a little bit more, because the whole time, like, they want to fight each other, but that's just a metaphor for fucking. Like, this is probably a, a rough draft for Brokeback Mountain in some ways. <laughs> That'd be amazing if that is true on any level. God, I want that. I think uh, with what you're saying, too, is that I think we've been doing this podcast for so long that when we see a mediocre middle of the road movie, it offends me at this point. It's like <laughs> either you go all the way and make a good film or you just make something so over the top and shitty, like shitty that it becomes art, like Godzilla versus the smog monster. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. No more middle ground. You're wasting my time with this middle ground shit. That's I, all I, I see st- all day. I, yeah, I, yeah. The worst thing a movie can be is boring. I, I still see value yeah. in the middle ground. Although I would say, this movie, I would not recommend watching it. I think it is the perfect movie to see bits and pieces of while flipping through other channels. I know that's not really a thing anymore, but that is what I see this movie as. Yeah. I miss flipping channels. Same. I mean, yeah, background like background fodder or making fun of movies with friends. It's oh, yeah. Perfect. If this movie were on in a uh, bar, like, fucking perfect. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. This, 
I feel like I miss the pandemic the most or like things during the pandemic most is when I think about like boring experiences or things you do to yourself when you're waiting for friends and like being at uh, the Demon Tap in Chicago, one of my favorite places, waiting for the open mic and they'd have like some campy horror film on at the bar and just like getting like a a good Three Floyds brew from them. God, I miss that. that I I miss being able, I think I've probably mentioned this on here before. Miss being able to go to the bar for wings and a couple of beers after mm. work. Yeah, oof. One day. I mean, I'm getting my second vax tomorrow, <laughs> so I can't, I can't be too upset. I can't complain. Hopefully we'll have some things kind of return to us slowly. I know the world's going to be different no matter what, but hey, we'll get a few things back. I, ho- I hope handshaking doesn't come back. Yeah, same. Yeah, handshaking's yeah. fucked I want, up. I want the cooler form of handshaking where you grab each other's wrists to check for daggers. Yeah, like it, like bring it, it sh- back, like in uh, Little Caesar. Yeah, <laughs> pizza. Um, yeah. I think with that we should get to the good old stupid at game two section. pizza. <laughs> at two pizza, pizza. <laughs> uh, that's a t-shirt right there. It doesn't even make sense, but we should make that one too. <laughs> yeah, for the stupid game section. Quit playing stupid games. Jump right into uh, who the fuck is Ron Canada? Because I have some good news. First off, I want to start this off with uh, one of the actors in this film also has a ton of bit roles and uh, just different kind of things they've acted in. Anne Marie Johnson, who played Athena, she's been in a ton of shit. Uh, she was in Living Color, but also like uh, a different world. And then a few other like big ninety properties, and then she's done a lot of bit acting since then. Very similar to Ron Canada. Oh. So I got the idea. Was she a cast like, okay. member on Living Color? She was, which I was surprised about. Um, yeah. Which I, I miss that show sometimes. But uh, she's been in so many parts. Sure enough, when I was uh, searching, she was in a show with Ron Canada, our, oh our my Lord God. Savior, famously being the judge in Ted Two. Um, <laughs> So I wanted to ask you, and I'll give you guys uh, uh, three questions here, of one of these properties uh, both Anne-Marie Johnson and Ron Canada were in. Uh, so uh, I'll go around, but we'll start off with the options. Was she in the series Bones, or was she in the series Law and Order, or in the series Boston Angle with our, our beloved, uh, I would say, idol and figurehead Ron Canada? I have, I have a question before we answer now right, is this they the were questions is this they were both on the same show or they were both on the same episode same show same Ooh. episode okay and I, I, I listen i don't want any of this overlap this is they had to be in a scene together possibly kissing they didn't kiss them sure, <laughs> I can they did. Well, i'm i'm gonna go uh, with, I, I guess, oh, I guess go, go luke okay, no, go. uh the uh, law and order i'm i'm gonna go the long-running series i'm gonna go boston idea. legal also pretty pretty big for a lot of uh season runs they had a lot of episodes uh, i feel uh can i can i pick one that's already been picked or am i relegated to oh i kind of have to at this well, there, point. no there's, there's also two. bones no, you can pick, you can pick. oh there was three? Oh, okay i forgot you said bones uh yeah i feel like law and order because law and order is the big like fucking cameo show of right just every like everybody's been on law and order anybody that's anybody's been on law and order it's how you know who the murderer is <laughs> right yeah, jim gaffigan mike berbiglia uh, like just hey Bieber. jim gaffigan was in uh criminal intent so yeah that's true right. sweep that under the rug a little bit so was stephen colbert i mean I, I i hope they had an episode about what happened to stephen colbert's humor it seems like it's been murdered for the last few years <sighs> anyways uh god i hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> really like as a person 
Stephen Colbert, you used to be funny. Stop, like, I I'm get you want to send your kids to college, but yeah, go back to Stranger the Candy. Uh, yeah, I'm saying as a concerned parent, you used to, you used to have that spark. You used to be seven and seven, man. <laughs> like, uh, anyways, uh, who picked Boston Legal? Oh, that was me. Guess what? You are a special boy. Oh, oh yeah. Boston Legal. Yeah, it, I was surprised to see it, but they were on an episode together called Juiced. I didn't read the description because I was feeling lazy. I just wanted to see which episode it, it was. Did, I do, did she play his daughter? I don't think so. I think she was oh, okay. a regular on the show, and Ron Canada was on it pretty often, too. So I think it was just two characters intersecting. I never watched Boston Legal, really, so... I watched it a little bit when in its first couple of seasons, because I'm super gay for James Spader. But uh, it, it, it got it got stupid when like they did the bromance with James Spader and uh, William Shatner. Although they do have great chemistry together. But they made like Michael Showalter was originally like a, like a, a not Michael Showalter that's the guy from Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Shore. Saying. Alan Shore was the name of the character. Like he yeah. was like a nasty like lawyer guy. But then yeah. they softened him up and made him a sweetheart. Like I don't care about this anymore. It's 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 a bummer that. James Spader was wasted in that role. I feel like so many other roles since then, because like to this day, I'm still upset that Age Ultron sucked ball so bad. Because <laughs> I mean, Ultron's a fun character from the Marvel comics, and then also James Spader doing the voice seems like hey, it should be a home run. In, in that movie, Ultron did a very good James Spader impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good they even do it. his little lip smack thing with the yeah. with Ultron, the like the animation. Like if yeah. you've seen a bunch of James Spader stuff, like I have. You'll know what I'm talking about with the lip smack. It's like it's how he accentuates his sentences. If only Josh Sweden had been canceled sooner, and they had to get the Russo brothers in as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have can't a, read light timelines. I have an idea for a similar game, and this this will only take like a minute, so I'm not I'm not here to monopolize your show or anything. But uh, oh guess, no, it's a, the floor is yours. Guess which uh, cast member is a uh, contributor for Breitbart. Who contributes to Breitbart? Oh. <laughs> this is great. Damn. Breitbart's uh, still around? It's still around. Uh, he hasn't contributed any articles in a couple years, but... Uh, oh, well, I I said he, so I guess that gets rid of the two female <laughs> characters, but... I mean, if we're, I'm going to go big, and I'm just going to go with William Shatner. No, I mean, uh, for w- William Shatner was in Romo John. <laughs> oh no, I thought, you, I thought you said. I thought we were talking about Boston Legal oh, no, for some I'm, reason. I'm back on the robot jocks. Uh, that would have immediately made the movie better, though. <laughs> jocks. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it would. Oh man, uh, I guess I'm gonna have to go with the. Yeah, I guess Gary Graham because he's the only actor I really know from this. It's yeah. Gary Graham because I know he's conservative. Yeah, it's him. He he was in a movie with Kevin Sorbo. Oh, Jesus. damn it, Hercules! <laughs> you tell you tell me the motherfucker who was in so many seasons of Alien Nation that was all about racial inequality in America and the justice of this country is a conservative. Damn, hey, that, that was just sucks. That was just a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's the Cliff Clavin effect, in my opinion. You know, I'm not familiar know. with that. What is that? So John Ratzenberg, who play Cliff Clavin and yeah. Cheers and famously the voice in a lot of Pixar films is like super conservative as well. So Oh no. I was just yeah, working on my I was just working on my Cliff Clavin impersonation earlier. I know, and he's like kind of more of a I'd say liberal S character in Cheers. I mean as as much as you could be for a Cheers. I mean, he's character. mostly just a stupid he's the stupid guy. 
Well, he's a stupid guy that knows a lot of uh, stupid facts that are like just throwaways, but eventually pays off in the Jeopardy episode. So <laughs> I know this is going off, but I like the episode where he's a fan of some weatherman, so he writes him a letter. The weatherman writes him back, thinking that he's like a ten-year-old. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers was a good show. Me and me and Barb have been rewatching it and going through the seasons, and like it's not too clunky and it's still pretty funny. There's definitely some bad humor that's from the '80s, of course, of like aha women or aha people that aren't white. But you know, I, I like the. the uh, I, never mind. I'm not. I don't want this to turn into we just describe episodes of Cheers <laughs> we like. <laughs> isn't that the destiny of this podcast though i mean i do um, admit i like conversations like that where like i know it'll seem like from the outside it looks like cheap and gross but i like when i can have a friendship with someone where we'll just like remind each other of episodes of Doug. <laughs> yeah see i'm i feel like i'm that way but with seinfeld i haven't seen uh, seinfeld in so, so long oh man you ain't <laughs> living then sorry to hear I watch Seinfeld anytime I go to my stay at my brother's apartment because he doesn't have internet, and so he just got a lot of stuff on his hard drive, and we usually end up watching Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd say uh, I, I was originally going to do a what's the deal with this kaiju, but we're kind of uh, going a little bit longer. I just want you all to know, all of you, lo- you, you loyal zookeepers out there, it's coming back eventually, much like how we're going to figure out how to do the licking a 9-volt battery. But yeah, I think I think we should just get to good old recommendations and plugs. What I wanted to plug was uh, I was originally going to just say and go with Monster Hunter uh, Rise because I've been playing it a ton lately. But I'm going to plug actually uh, what's the deal with this kaiju. It, it was one of my favorite game sections that we used to do. And one of these days we'll get back to it. <laughs> so uh, as for like uh, recommend or plugs outside of that, I don't really have anything. So. Uh, I will recommend it's kind of a soft recommendation because it's aged quite a bit because it's almost 100 because it's like 100 years old now. I've been watching a lot of Three Stooges shorts, <laughs> and like I mean, they yeah, are funny. That's that's classic. You can only do you can only watch like three in a row before you start realizing like they reused a lot of gags in this, and I'm not just talking about the smacks. Like sometimes it would be like the plumbers episode when like uh, when he's like got the pipes in the shower and it keeps leaking. They literally redo that in a later one after like Curly had a stroke and when Shemp replaced him, they do that joke over again. And I also think it's funny that like. Anytime there's like a pratfall that makes you laugh really hard, the actor was probably seriously hurt doing it. It was probably a real fall. <laughs> Which only makes it funnier, so. It, it, it does also, like, every time I take a shower now, I keep doing, like, impressions of all of them. So, and that's a lot of fun. Why did you give to be in that apartment when you're showering now? <laughs> also, yeah. uh, this is just a little factoid I'm adding on to it. Billy West, when he was doing the voice for uh, Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy, he's doing a Larry Fine impersonation. Oh, oh yeah, I can see that. That's yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of that, nice. That's a fun fact. I like that. I never knew that. Or I guess I never pl- put yeah. that together in my head. Yeah, but it's there now. So uh, yeah, uh, Grand or Martin, if you guys got anything you want to recommend or plug, uh, I mean, I I'll I'll, I'll recommend uh, what I usually recommend. Like go go watch a go watch a good anime. Uh, I'm watching that new season of My Hero Academia. They're they're in the middle of another good tournament arc. That's fun. If you don't like anime, then obviously it's it's not going to be your loss. But uh, if you're looking for a good one, My Hero continues to be like real fun. It's shonen, so it's like 
the anim most anime of all anime. Hey, they do it well. Yeah. Like it is it's it's good <laughs> it's good compelling stuff. Like I'm not I'm not gonna pretend that it's for everyone, but if you're if you're in the mood for that kind of thing, it's perfect. I agree with that. It's a great show and then like hey if you if you like anime a little bit, you'll enjoy it. That's a good oh, way yeah. to put it too. Yeah. It's good. Uh, I guess my plug, I, th I think I did this last time, but since this is fresh on my mind and I can't think of anything else, uh, the YouTube channel Be Nice to Me Productions, um, oh, yeah. I was just in, oh, yeah. in one of the, uh, videos that should be out sometime next month, um, one of Alex's friends, uh, Alex is the main guy, he's the, the Be Nice to Me of the productions, um, one of his friends found, like, uh, a script and like uh, a full like uh just like uh, someone had written a script and left it in the house that his friend moved into and it's really bad so he'd like just shot an entire movie out of like this poorly written script that was in like a garbage can and like a basement that his friend you know had moved into that house of and so that should that should be out within the next month or so and then just all all the videos on his channel are are pretty awesome so oh, yeah that that's how i'm gonna release my script that way if it sucks i could be like oh this guy wrote it but if it's great like i actually wrote it it was bad Me. on purpose <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, tiny, that's amazing what a what a great idea to do too. Oh uh, yeah, I think you I think you had plugged them last time, but Probably, Be Nice yeah. to Me Productions, great videos. Yeah. And you'll see a lot of the Thought Comes uh Thought Cops alumni in there too. Very, um, very underrated. I mean I think his his YouTube channel's now up to about over six hundred or six thousand subscribers. Uh it should be in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands i think yeah. and the amount of work that goes into them fix that error america that's yeah. what i say and then uh, i'm not gonna let i'm not gonna let you escape this episode without plugging thought cops uh great podcast that you do with uh, oh, past you. guests and actually might be back-to-back -back episodes uh with kevin because of how we ended up having to space our last recordings <laughs> oh, wow. uh yeah you guys uh, talk about terrible th shit on the internet and it's always really great you get a lot of great guests sometimes you get really bad guests like brand or martin felschman uh, right so, but you know exactly. or I've been keeping a notebook of things I hate on the internet <laughs> yeah. that I hope to eventually talk to you guys about. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be the opposite. We're like, I've been keeping a notebook of things I hate, and you'll never hear about it. <laughs> that's just for me. Oh, that's a separate notebook. Yeah. It is yeah. It is like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 of Twitter, basically. <laughs> yeah. And then I do like the, the crazy or chaotic energy. You get some episodes like you just had on Yellow Swag Studio. With yeah, Daphne. that was insane. Yeah. That was, was... maybe one of, one of the more fun episodes episodes i think that we've recorded yeah that's what i was gonna say exactly is it was a super crazy episode but also super funny i, I really enjoyed that episode <laughs> yeah it was it was great I'm, I'm pretty sure like he he said things at least five times that got him punched really hard for real so <laughs> Oh, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of their their whole dynamic is him just being like, "Shut up, babe! You're making me look bad in front of my friends." Okay, anyway, like I was saying. Yeah. Oh man, oh, just the whole the whole Starbucks boss part too. Oh man, oh, I don't want to give it away. You should listen to it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, check out check out that Thought Cops. It's a great podcast. Do all the other things we said. We've been going too long. We should get out of here, and we should do that good old that good old saying before we leave. Um, you you boys oh, always. I I think so. <clears throat> All right. Yep. We're going to do it. All right. Three, two, two one. You're going to like you're the, gonna way like the way I fuck. I guarantee it. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order.
This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs>